Hello humans, hello humans. Still Wednesday, I think it's the 16th. Haven't checked on dates here. Uh, probably. Just to check. Yeah, it's the 16th, okay. Uh, anyway, it's it's hot, which means that we've got, you know, temperatures that are uh, 68, 69 air temperature, which is hot for us. However, the, the sun is different now. We've got um, actual, quote, scientific, uh, you know, NASA kind of people acknowledging that the, our sun is uh, emitting gamma rays that they hadn't detected before or it hadn't emitted before. And uh, so anyway, the sun is a bit... Um, uh, a bit hot when you're out in it and we get this uh, buildup even though the um, atmospheric temperature is not quite that that fierce so it was like I, I think 94 degrees the other day in Hope William uh, Aberdeen area inland in Grays Harbor um, and I think the other day it was like maybe two or three days ago we got the uh, record temperature for Seattle for the year Okay, so they'll say it's a record temperature. We've never been hotter. Blah blah blah. That's for the re for the year. Uh, there were many hotter days in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Uh, let me see. It was the 80s that we really reached into started reaching into the peak of the uh, heat around here. Then it started backing off as we accelerated beyond say 93 or whatever. Anyway, though, so no, there's no global boiling, but it's warm here because it's summer. And I'm bitching because I got to shut the windows because otherwise <laughs> I can't, um, you wouldn't be able to hear me. There's just so much noise. I got a big ass diesel here and um, it, uh, it it draws some air. And the way they do this, the, the windows are, uh, you know, it's intended that you're going to be uh, running air conditioning, right? So um, anyway... Um, so anyway, uh, getting back to the idea of uh, thresholds and energy levels and activities, as in the previous discussion about how time works, okay, because time powers everything. Uh, it flashes into existence 22 trillion times a second, reality. Uh, and then uh, as a result of that flash, we get energy in our universe, we get um, matter creating itself for that that 22 trillionth of a second and that impulse uh, creates all of the energy that flows through our universe that gets captured in sunlight oil leaves uh, you know your blood all of this all that energy comes from time time powers all of our material uh, people in the descending uh, bronze age and also probably they they knew this okay so people in the descending bronze age uh, wrote about the nature of time and unfortunately because there's been so much duration between then and now a lot of what they wrote has been misinterpreted and uh, made into religion right just as we get the um, Torah the, the story of the um, 12 tribes of Essenes in, in southern Yemen uh, being uh, captured by the El, the Elohim and um, marched up the Red Sea to uh, Judea. They were never in Egypt, right? They didn't go past, didn't go down the Nile. All that stuff is bogus. Um, anyway, so all of that has been interpreted over these 
uh, thousands of years as a religious uh, episode, as though, you know, God manifested, right? As though supreme consciousness turned in on itself and created itself in a material form within itself. All right, so um, we have these discussions about things that are really basically sort of scientific, right? Uh, how things work, how time works, and this kind of thing that, that you're able to pull out of the ancient literature, uh, some of which is, is meaningful. Other, it's like, no, you know, they were already heading into the Kali Yuga and they were losing the thread of their own intelligence being born, you know, every generation being born less smart with fewer individuals crossing the, you know, smartness threshold. Uh, than the previous generation as a result of the lack of galactic center emanations reaching Earth. And uh, so a lot of the conclusions that would have been uh, made in the ancient past are not necessarily good conclusions for us. And so we've got to be real careful. So anything that's ancient isn't necessarily valid uh, for today's world. And in fact, probably needs to be discarded because if it's truly ancient, was created during the Kali Yuga, well, that's when, you know, Humans are pretty much uh, dumb as posts, and so we're not doing a lot of um, creativity and new conclusions and stuff. Now, in the descending Bronze Age, and it, as I say, it may have come from the descending Silver Age, we get these discussions in um, Chinese and uh, Avastan, which is a a form of Sanskrit that was used in Persia at the time, which we know of as Iran. And in the in the this literature, these uh, the way it was written, uh, it was straightforward. It was a set of instructions, but the way it was interpreted, it was interpreted initially as a poem uh, by. Succeeding generations, and then later made into a hymn in the Zoroastrian religion. So there's a lot of these hymns in the Zoroastrian religion that you can go back through uh, from various languages and go back to source language, and in that you get a different. Uh, you, it's very easy to have a different interpretation that's non-religious if you go back to the source language and you remove the uh, religious overlay that's been piled on it over these last thousands of years being placed into a particular context. So this is one of my bitches about chat GPT. That particular AI is a supporter of the, uh, it has an inbuilt Waconian support for um, the establishment view on everything. And so it actually objects to trying to interpret uh, ancient religious language as anything other than that context. So it is a royal nasty pain to deal with. It, it, you're always, always fighting it. You always have to double check it because it's going to always attempt to shoehorn you back into supporting an establishment belief on things. As I say, really tedious and, and quite annoying. However, if you persist and you get in there and, and get through all of this, you can actually come up with the uh, a close to original um, uh, recreation of some of this language. And so we find that there were discussions in Chinese 
uh, that had now been taken as as uh, Taoist parables and stuff, as well as in Zoroastrian literature, that both appear to come from about the same period of time. Uh, let me see. So that would have been about 7,000 years back, okay? So all of our problems here in the Western world started 6,000 years back when the um, Babylonian uh, money magic was introduced in the form of a central bank, okay? So the 6,000 years ago, a central bank was formed in Babylon that led to vast quantities of chaos, ultimately, as the whole scheme collapsed, as we're now in our scheme collapsing. Our money scheme is, is going crazy and, and uh, dying, as they all must. And so this is part of our novelty, right? It's necessary that we go through this in this particular uh, level of harshness, etc. Now, because it adds novelty to universe and sets us up for a whole lot of stuff that will be coming in these next few years. And that's just the, the goal of universe is to always create novelty and create conditions where there might be something that could arise that was unexpected, a surprise. And, you know, very difficult for consciousness, which is everything and knows everything. Anyway, so uh, these discussions about time um, extracted out of Taoist uh, parables and poems and out of uh, Zoroastrian hymns... Um, replicate what Kozirev, replicate his conclusions. And they also uh, extend some of Kozirev's conclusions about the nature of time and how it functions. In, in doing so, we get back to the same uh, pattern of dynamic expression of a peak, a slight fall, and a new plateau. And um, as we see in the building intention, uh, or building and release languages. So, um, our uh, current experience with novelty and the explosion of novelty is going to uh, pile on, so to speak, right? We're going, we're in a period of time where, as I've been saying, we're escalating, we're up-leveling to the next level of complexity. And there'll be one in the Silver Age, there'll be another one in the Golden Age, because the idea is that uh, complexity, not complication, but complexity, uh, and there's a big difference, uh, can produce novelty. Now, just because we're after novelty and complexity doesn't mean that you're not going to see such things as uh, insights that crystallize around a, um, a small primary uh, expression within universe, okay? So, um, such a thing might be the concept of an atom, okay? Or it might be the concept of, that we're talking about now of time uh, powering everything in the in the results thereafter. So our universe is very complex. We don't know what's going on. There's uh, you know apparent magic. There's apparent um, psychic stuff going on all the time. Uh, all kinds of things are uh, not predictable based on the old Einsteinian grit model. And uh, so uh, in the time powers everything model, it answers all of these questions and it produces for us the basis that we can understand for um, psi activity, okay? And this, this uh, time powering everything also means that when we get to these uh, points of up-leveling novelty, then we're going to see novelty itself 
uh, grow in complexity to the point that we reach a threshold and once again a slight relaxation, lots of release language and then a new plateau. And we're in a period now where we're going to have uh, be dominated by release language uh, in all these various different areas as basically all this shit that's been hidden comes out and people deal with it. They deal with it by talking about it and releasing the emotions. It is the um, the dynamic action of talking about it that releases the emotion. Uh, you'll find that even if you are, even if you're a fighter, and you're going to fight somebody because of a buildup of of um, contention emotion, you know, all the various flavor and form of it, that even when you're done fighting, and, and the the act of fighting is obviously a huge level of release, but even when you're done, you're going to have to talk about it because the emotion part of it is not really released by the dynamic action within your muscles. Uh, you know, you've got to think about it and talk about it and come to grips with it. And in that, in so doing, you release. And so that's the period of time that we're going to be coming into now where everybody's going to talk, have to be talking about how fucked up things are, uh, about how time is wonky, about how, oh, look, those uh, damn space aliens are showing up. And, oh, look, we got, you know, um, uh, Biden hypernomics, uh, inflation, and all this other shit going on. And so we'll be just talking about all of this stuff. And every time you turn around, somebody will bring up something else to your attention as we up-level this uh, complexity in attempt to, by universe, to promote um, novelty. And so it's a novel kind of a thing, right? And so... Um, some people will be able to, because they are deep enough thinkers, uh, be able to harmonize uh, with uh, developing trends that they'll catch early because they'll catch on to the idea, or they already know, that universe favors uh, novelty. Now, it doesn't, it'll allow things like complication, and it'll allow things like fake novelty, right? Like, um, uh, well, I can't think of a you know, like the fake news and stuff, right? That's that's novel and it's new, but it's fake, right? It's not not a valid origination. It's a um, uh, an overlay, a paint on something, and so universe will allow that. But at some point, those things simply become pressure holding down the uh, emergence of real novelty and the actual release of the emotions that are associated with that. And we're in that period of time now, where perhaps for uh, decades, maybe for centuries, there's no way to tell at this stage, uh, we will be in a period of time where all of humanity will just be blabbering all to hell and gone about, you know, why are things so weird? Why are things so strange? Uh, you know, look at all this weird stuff that's happened. What's that over there? And in this mix, I'm fully expecting that we're going to end up with uh, the appearance, probably a fake appearance as well, but the appearance, uh, the interaction with uh, other life, okay? Universe just teeming with life. And um, there's all these properties that go to life uh, that are associated with life that derive from the nature of uh, time and how it functions in, create, in creating the materium and um, powering it for life. And people are just going to be discussing this stuff all to hell and gone uh, as we take this next stage up which is going to include uh, humans interacting with uh, other life. Now, I'm not of the opinion of uh, Terence McKenna. I do not think that either artificial life or 
human cloning uh, is in our future. I say this for a number of reasons, but primarily uh, humans and demonstrably the space aliens are not able to create life. So uh, within the Torah, which is the Old Testament, we read about the, the Elohim setting up this large um, electronically protected laboratory called the Gons. Within that lab, they did genetic modification of the um, base humans that they found. And they just, you know, they went and took the humans and inseminated them, uh, you know, removed the, the children, monitored the babies, all of this kind of thing, um, as though the humans they were dealing with were just cattle, okay? And that's why within the, the, the book, the Elohim referred to us as cattle just as the Jews do now, because the Jews think that they've acquired the mantle, the authority of the Elohim. And they claim that some of those Elohim are in fact God. Now, bear in mind that the world existed for millions of years. The Jews are claiming that all of the world was created 4,000 years ago by their God, blah, blah, blah. None of this is true. Um, it's all an artifact of the way in which it came about with their books and the fact that the Kazarian Mafia decided to use the Jews in order to try and control the, the planet as we were entering into and then coming out of uh, the uh, Kali Yuga and they're attempting to keep us in that dense state of the Kali Yuga. So, uh, that, that shit isn't working. It's breaking loose now. That's why we're, we're entering this period of um, uh, a peak level uh, or a first peak of um, uh, complexity reaching into uh, the creation of novelty uh, that's going to sort of bust open everything relative to the amount of dynamic uh, disruption uh, that's going to hit our world. So, as I've been saying, you know, Trump coming back as president is not going to slow things down. It's not going to reduce the amount of uh, activity, right? Uh, so there's not going to be the level of return to what used to be in the past that people considered to be, quote, normal. And so the normies, the people that want to live in that world, are going to have a real hard time. Uh, because it's not going to ever come back. Not for until it goes back into the Kali Yuga. So you're looking at um, uh, 21,000 years about. Anyway, uh, so it'll be a long time before we get back to this. And uh, the world won't be operating on principles that were established back when. And so now is the time for humans to drop those particular, drop any adherence to these principles and start looking at the world with fresh eyes as it's starting to uh, demonstrate um, this new um, area of complexity and new areas of novelty. It's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be extremely stressful. We're going to have all kinds of uh, negative stuff going on at the same time that there's uh, all kinds of fantastic stuff. And I do expect that we will have the appearance of other life. Now, is it going to be space aliens showing up? I don't know. But it will be of the order of magnitude of space aliens showing up uh, because of the level of complexity that is um, uh, manifesting now. And that is a um, projected 
uh, big step, as part of the big step, right? Because it, it opens us up into uh, considering ourselves other than in isolation. For instance, the appearance of space aliens opens up the Torah to re-examination by the L. It's going to do away with Judaism as we understand it. It'll really have impacts on Christianity as we understand it. I fully expect Christians, though, uh, to morph away from the uh, rigidity that comes along from the uh, Torah, the Old Testament, um, you know, the Talmud. I expect that uh, there will be a Christianity that won't necessarily have any involvement with uh, Judaic predecessors, and they won't take the L or Yahweh, one of the L, as being God, and they won't have the um, concept necessarily of God being able to manifest within himself, which is universe. <clears throat> Bear in mind that, that um, the idea of God being a corporeal being uh, within universe uh, basically means that God is separate from our universe. And uh, that's just not how it works. Uh, there's consciousness, and then everything else comes from the consciousness. It's not like a, uh, the... Um, mainly Jewish-based uh, physicist would have you understand it, where if you glue enough sand together, it will form consciousness and uh, animate and become life. And it just doesn't work that way. Life only comes from life, and you're never going to be able to get it from any kind of a non-living uh, source, which we'll discover as we go forward here. But in any event, though, so as the complexity ramps up, as the... Um, uh, seeming process of degradation of our social order and all of uh, humanity seems to degrade into this huge uh, swirling mass of uh, chaos and mayhem, um, we're going to have the space aliens appear because of the nature of the novelty that is created by that occurring. Because it's a, a giant um, novelty step upward and it then thereafter expands so rapidly. It's like, okay, so we get introduced to one space alien group. How many are there? You know, uh, bazillions and so on. So you can see that it, it massively expands us out into the stars. And at this point, that's what humanity will be doing. And the level of complexity of humanity going to the stars is just going to be massive, as is the level of novelty that will be created from this. So this is something that universe favors, so we can project that it will indeed show up. Um... You know, you could you can project bizarro kind of novelty, like you know, uh, dolphin mating with a human to create a merman, that kind of thing, right? Uh, these kind of, of uh, projections are not sustainable. They're not really novelty. It's that false level of novelty that is a um, an artifact of human minds, and that's not where novelty really arises. Uh, so, novelty arises at a level of uh, the energy, the electricity, the what the um, uh, the physicist would say would be the uh, small uh, particulates. And so the novelty arising from those small particulates and um, stuff does not support the idea of, of manipulation at that level. Um, this is why, okay, so humans are genetically modified, but no one's ever added a gene to our genome. In fact, the only way they've, the L were able to 
genetically modify the humans they found uh, was to remove the second uh, chromosome um, and, and move the third chromosome on up, reducing us from uh, 24 down to 23. And so that was a good level of novelty, making modern humans uh, out of that, that other stock that was there, right? Notice that the L came here and did all this stuff through the Kali Yuga, through the descending ages. Um, and I think they left because the Kali Yuga was ending, basically. Uh, anyway, though, so... So there's never been genes added to anything for GMO. And even humans can't do that. We cannot add uh, new gene sequences uh, to... Um, uh, to life in, in a meaningful fashion and have it be uptaken and actually uh, make a um, make a difference, right? And anyway, though, so uh, so in that sense, I don't expect that we're going to get artificial life. I don't think it's within our capability to create this, nor do I think that we can actually do human cloning in a meaningful fashion. Now, you could clone a human. I'm not saying you can't clone a human like Dolly the sheep, but there's no way you're going to clone a human and create a, a duplicate of an adult, right? So you're going to clone a human. You're going to be basically growing an entirely different individual that will have entirely different... Uh, reactions to the world because they will grow up in an entirely different environment than the person you're actually recreating. And no, we don't have the ability to do anything with time. We can, according to Cozy Rev's experiments and my own, uh, actually do things with time, the energy that comes on in. But it's not like we're able to compress 20 years of growth into just a few weeks in a little uh, sack inside of some kind of a device. And so, no, we're not going to get uh, that level of cloning. We don't have that level of time manipulation. Um, there are interesting and cool things we can do with time. So uh, we're actually able to manipulate stuff just based on Cozy, Cozy Rev's 1967 experiments. Uh, we would be able to do things that would, for instance, add more time stuff. It wouldn't add more duration or anything, but it would add the impact of that time to things like um, ripening fruit. So if you wanted to, you could, you know, freeze fruit, or not freeze it, but refrigerate it, pick it green, and um, and then put it into a, an advanced time chamber to ripen it up, uh, where it would just have more exposure to more time stuff. This would be laborious. I don't know that it would be economically feasible. I don't know that it would add enough value to ripening your peach to make it worthwhile, but it is doable. Um both Cozy Rev and myself have done things in our experimentations that show that this is feasible, that you could do that. There's probably a lot easier ways to do it than, than both Cozy Rev and myself have gone at it, but nonetheless. So this is our, our period now. All the release language, we're going to get um, all of the release language of everybody finding out how they've been enslaved and their lives have been stolen and their their parents' lives were made uh, mis more miserable and their own childhoods were made more miserable by these central banks. And as part of the uh, complexity and novelty, we will do away with central banks. We're going to do away with central management of everything. We're into the ultimate phase, uh, the virtuous phase of uh, the yugas, and we're going to go into decentralization in a massive way. 
Um, I knew back when, uh, so my data back in like 2000, it was actually 1997, I had the first hints of it. I really started paying attention in 2002 when it said new money was coming. We're going to have a new new money. And I didn't know what it was. And eventually it came out that, you know, 2010, we get the, or 2009, we get the Satoshi white paper. And it's like, aha. And I knew at that stage, at that point, as soon as I read the white paper, aha, I've got to get involved with this. Now, at that point, I had, in those years, I had, um, I was going to start writing my own software uh, to mine Bitcoin when the paper first came out. But then we had my own health, uh, you know, my wife's health. She had several surgeries and a heart attack and um, uh, my in-laws health, my parents and all of the, just like everybody got very ill all at once. And I never did write that software. But a couple of years later, uh, 2011 or 12, I started getting into Bitcoin when it was able to be picked up, when you could actually get it sometimes. It was very difficult to get any in the early years. But in any event, though, I knew to get involved with it because it was decentralized. And that is the trend. And so the trend is your friend. Now, we've had uh, rigidity from the central banks for hundreds of years. It's the third attempt here in the United States for a central bank, the one we're under now. Uh, they'd conquered all of the planet. And so where are they going to go from there? Right. There's no place that that that. Um, theme could go other than its own destruction uh, because it had maxed out. It had reached its, its total peak in uh, taking over things. So that's one of the reasons contributing to the economic situation that we're in now is that universe wants the central banks to be destroyed and removed because it's going to open everything up in a huge way. It's going to provide complexity and novelty beyond our ability to grasp at this stage uh, because we're all going to basically go and become our own banks, so to speak, as we go forward. And this will be a uh, uh, necessary step for the civilization, that it, civilization does not do well um, uh, under central authority. Again, it's a Kali Yuga kind of thing, right? The, the Elohim came down uh, or split off from the other group that they came down with, and the Elohim were like the ultimate and central authority guys, right? They're they're all about a central authority, um, Elyon, the Most High, the Most Almighty, the Almighty Elyon, who was the boss of all the other El, all of the other Elohim, and um, it was centralized, 100% centralized, and it in our structure now. So we have the court system we have now because it inherited through the Talmud or through the Torah into the Old Testament, into the Talmud. We have inherited this idea of a prosecutor, which in the in the Torah, the Elohim prosecutor was called the Satan, uh, meaning lawyer. Right. So it was a form of a lawyer. It's not a not the name of an individual being. And so um, a couple of the archangels. Um, the ball. Okay, so the ball were the archangels. There were many of them. So it wasn't like there was one god ball, right? The ball was the category of the archangels. So Michael, Archangel Michael, was a ball. He was a real badass. He killed lots of people. He was the one that was in charge of uh, snatching the humans and doing the uh, GMO stuff on them. Um, but in any event, though, so the... Uh, structure that we have now is 
derivative of the Elohim and uh, their structure, this centralization, the centralization of justice, the centralization of, of everything to, um, you know, uh, one almighty Elyon, one almighty uh, writing of, of uh, scripture for, you know, which simply means script writing uh, for the um, person, uh, you know, uh, for the, the Elyon to get his word out, that kind of thing, right? And so um, the L were, were the place that we had our centralization derived from. We find that this is not unique to the L though, all right? The Devas, who I think the L came down as part of the, this large group that was called the Devas and that settled in um, central Eurasia and took over India, parts of China, Iran, um, parts of the uh, uh, Mesopotamian region up into Europe. And they, they conquered and had all, they owned all of that area there. Um, anyway, this... Um, all of this structure derives from these guys and we have inherited all of that and now operate uh, on those forms and they were like seriously centralized uh, so in my way of thinking as that that was a, um, a something a blanket that settled on humanity uh, over the Kali Yuga and as the Kali Yuga fades centralization's use also fades. So those things that were derived and came up in the Kali Yuga don't necessarily have a place in any of the other Yugas. They don't necessarily have a place in the ascending bronze, silver, or golden ages because conditions will be different. Uh, massively, majorly different. We cannot imagine what it's going to be like for humans that are born uh, with that much more of the galactic center emanations uh, during their gestation process, uh, reaching them in the Silver Age, let alone the Golden Age. Uh, but the conditions and so forth that we deal with and the conclusions that we make then will not be the same as we made in the Kali Yuga. And it is only those um, basically uh, retarded, retarded, want to hold you back uh, structures that we see in the Khazarians and um, uh, Orthodox uh, religion uh, that are they're clinging to the Kali Yuga. They're not able to advance and get with the program, so to speak, right? And so we're going to have this kind of con collision that we're going to be going through. And as part of that's a good thing and novelty, right? As we work out a religion, there's going to be all kinds of novelty created. Just as we work out of central banking and get into decentralization and so on, then there's many, 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 many millions of more um, avenues for um, activity, creativity, and potentially for novelty. And so those can be favored. So when I, as I was saying, when I first came across the idea of Bitcoin, it was like, aha, this is going to be a good thing to get into because it's decentralized. Uh, because universe doesn't favor centralization. Because humanity is, is captured at the moment and is, but is going to overthrow and move out of it. And Bitcoin and the decentralized currencies will be there on the other side as we break loose from the central bank. And this is actually why the central bank's um, CBDC is going to fail. Uh, it's a centralized version of a Bitcoin, but centralization itself is no longer supported by universe. And the 
smart people, let's just say that I think that it, there were uh, military or uh, cooperative minds in a cooperative effort that created the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper and the blockchain. So I don't think it was an individual person at that stage. And we actually find discussions of public ledger technology going back even into the 50s. Um, in any event, though, so um, we're going to find that all of these decentralization things really take off. And so you can harmonize with this idea. Okay, And so the idea is irreversibility. So anywhere there is a trend towards a decision being made, something happening that is irreversible, that will be supported by universe. Those areas that are reversible, meaning that some authority can, quote, undo it, are going to die off because they are not supportive of novelty. They're not supportive of um, uh, uh, creative harmony with the novelty process within universe. And if you look out, you see certain things. So, uh, you know, if I wanted to make investments or something like this, I would be looking for those things where people were attempting to do something uh, in a decentralized fashion, where they were uh, promoting a uh, distributed, uh, non-centrally controlled uh, form either technology or whatever, right? And those things will flourish. Now, it's going to be difficult to do, quote, investments in those because they're not centralized. There won't be, you know, a stock market necessarily to deal with because the stock market is basically another fiat currency operation, right? Uh, there's so many, there's like 99,000 stocks for everyone that's legitimately issued. There's so many fake stock out there, it's just unreal. That's why there's this whole, do you want to own the stock and take delivery of it? And they will do everything they possibly can to not give you delivery of those stock certificates. Uh, they want you to put them in, in the street name and hold them in street names uh, for easy turnover and stuff. No, it's, it's so they can keep the whole inflation in the stock thing game going. Um, there's never an audit when they say they're going to sell, you know, 98 million uh, shares of stock. You never know if they're selling 98 million or, you know, 988 million. There's just no way to tell because there's never any audit. This is why the um, blockchain is very valid because you can't uh, uh, create fake Bitcoin. It just doesn't work uh, because of the nature of the blockchain itself. So this level of irreversibility uh, harmonizes with the, the distributed nature, the decentralized nature that's being uh, promoted within the, the currency and within universe at the moment. And so it will succeed as we are seeing. You know, Bitcoin's doing well over the years. <coughs> anyway, though, so uh, finally getting here, had that another one of those delays waiting for the pilot car. Um, anyway, though, as I was saying, uh, we're at that point now where we're going to have a dominant release language. So you can expect people to be histrionic for the next, uh, I don't know, few few decades at least, as everybody discovers how screwed up things are. And you can also expect that we'll get a lot of people discussing how screwed up things are. And that, and that this will occupy us for some period of time. And as I say, I think within this period of time, we're going to get the whole... 
uh, space alien appearance. Now, it'll probably come out through officialdom. Anything that comes out through centralized officialdom is automatically suspect. And in my mind, I, I take away instantly take away 99% of uh, any veracity to it and just let it mature to see what's actually real and, uh, you know, uh, or what other fake thing they're trying to pimp. Because they do, constantly. And they can be expected to actually redouble their efforts in attempting to shoehorn us back into uh, central authority. In general, though, the takeaway of this little talk here is that if you were to, uh, you know, examine your life and you see areas in your life that you need to make changes to, if you... Um, have those changes favor uh, decentralization, distributed formats, you'll probably do better than if you're going to try and back any form of a central anything. Uh, it's just the general nature of where we're at and what's going to be happening. Okay, guys, uh, long damn day, and it's going to get worse for me. We got, I've got um, appliances that are fucking up and stuff. Oh, geez, there's big stuff to pack in. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> so all right, and I guess that's it uh, for this shopping trip. So anyway, time powers everything. Universe has uh, moved us into a release period for some some time, some duration, and uh, any chance you get to advance yourself. Uh, you can harmonize with the trends that favor decentralization and distribution over central control. And they should do pretty well. Okay, guys. And that's it.